0: Many of you know we're using the month of January as sort of a back-to-basics, the idea of reviewing the first four chapters of the Science of Mind textbook. And, and of course, I'm trying to slip in everything you ever wanted to know about the Science of Mind all at once. So if you're feeling a little overwhelmed, those of you been here this month, it's okay. Uh, today actually is a smaller gulp. You'll remember last week we ended with the idea of our thoughts being creative that our thoughts become things. We talked about this divine creative process as Ernest Holmes calls it. Saying that, you know, where our thoughts go, so our lives go. And that if we manage to have minds and beliefs that are typically positive and loving, well, no doubt we'll expect to have lives that are typically Uh, Positive and loving and if on the other hand we find ourselves straying over to the dark side in the places of fear and Dismay and we spend a lot of our mental energy over there Sadly that also is true that is more apt to be how we will begin viewing our life and how the world treats us So that's how it works Today I want to talk about how to use it. Because once we understand a spiritual principle, once we understand that that's how it works, oh my gosh, then we can actually use that spiritual principle. So how would we go about using our minds to create a world that really works for us and everyone else? Well, I have some thoughts. (laughs) First of all, we got to know what we want. And, you know, I find that is the most amazing thing that so often people only know what they don't want. They only recognize what is displeasurable for them. They only understand. Well, and it makes sense to me. I mean, I'm not saying that anyone that has that trouble is an outlier. I mean, me too. My life is, is pretty darn good. And when something comes up, that is less than good, well, that's the thing that I notice, right? I mean, it totally makes sense to me that when things go haywire, it's the haywiredness, if that's a word, uh, and I don't think it is, uh, but, but it's the thing that's wrong that stands out. The trouble with this, of course, is if we fill our mind with all of the things that have gone wrong, and we believe at all in this divine creative process, what can we look forward to? right it's like we can look forward to more things going wrong so so here's that that conundrum here's that that place of of push and pull how do we take care of business when things are going wrong but not elevated in our mind, not not seize on to it as being who we are and what we stand for and the fullness of our being. Because if we embrace the upset, if we embrace and, and carry on with the negative parts of our existence, there we can look towards the future and have more of it. And So really it's an interesting pastime. It's an interesting life that we're called to live because on the one hand we need to take care of business. If there are things gone wrong in our life, we need to make sure we take care of that. If there are our bills we're having trouble paying, we need in the real world to figure out how we're going to deal with that. If a relationship has gone haywire, we need to figure out how to make amends or forgiveness or do what's necessary to repair that. But not by languishing in the upset, not by really embracing or or playing up the negativity. And that's something that we're not used to. We're used to, I think, spending a whole lot of our mental energy on what's wrong. Even if 99% of our life is pretty darn good, what is gonna occupy our thoughts? Typically, it will be the things that are a little less than good. Well, I'm here to tell you today, if we want to proactively use our thinking to make a difference in our lives and in the planet, we have to have a vision of what we want rather than a vision of what we don't want. Now what we don't want can lead us in the right direction it can kind of, kind of point to what we do want but what you'll learn is this idea of having a mental equivalent this idea of having a a well-defined idea of how life should be how how my loving relationship would look, how my perfect job would look, how my home would be if it were exactly to my liking. We begin building up these pictures, these visions, these ideas of how things ought to be. And it's really necessary if we want to make progress. Is everyone familiar with that kind of old hackneyed phrase, out of the frying pan and into the fire? So, so to me that means, you know, I run away from something terrible and without even realizing it, what happens? I'm running towards something even worse. And I think that's what happens when we dwell on the negative. We're so anxious to get out of that terrible job. We're so, so driven to, to ditch that negative relationship or whatever that pain point is that we don't even realize that the main thing that's causing the trouble is going right along over to the new job or the new relationship or the new whatever, because the main thing that's causing it, sadly, (laughs) is yours truly. It's like, wherever I go, darn it, there I am. (laughs) And I bring with me those old ways of thinking that got me in trouble in the old job or that created the upset in the old relationship. So one of the key features of what we believe here in the science of mind is that our lives need to be worked inside out. Rather than creating our lives based on what other people are doing, right? That kind of reactionary life where when people do something, then you react to it and you define yourself based on what other people are saying and doing. Instead, instead we create that rich mental equivalent of what we want, regardless of what other people are saying or doing. We have our own vision of the good life, the good job, the beautiful relationship, the wonderful living situation. And then we begin orienting, aligning our thoughts and beliefs to go with that vision and so it really starts from that place of having a vision how many people here really have uh, like on paper or in a thoughtful way thought out how they would like life to be wow you guys are outstanding i love it i love it And, and for those of you who maybe haven't done that before it can seem overwhelming so my tip would be just take one place in your life one area in your life That doesn't quite seem to be going the way you would want to. And focus on that. And either as a journaling exercise or or a contemplative exercise, or maybe a visualization, just close your eyes and and picture it if that particular situation was completely healed, completely the way you would want it, in a in a fabulous and and creative way. It's like start there. And then the alignment process starts happening. To me, aligning my thoughts and beliefs to what I want rather than what I'm running from takes a bit of work. Here's one I bet that fewer people will raise their hands on. How many people in high school or grade school went to thinking class? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we went to all kinds of weird classes, or at least some of mine seemed pretty weird. And yet something as fundamental as how to think somehow was completely glossed over. We have amazing minds, but have you ever had that feeling that sometimes your mind is just completely out of your control and running amok? bringing up crazy fears and and ideas that can't be implemented and, and things that are the opposite of what you'd like to be thinking, it's almost as though things that we think about are out of our control. It's only for lack of practice. A few years back, we had some Tibetan monks that came, and they said that one of the practices they did was to visualize the Buddha in their mind, turning in the air in front of them. And they would do this for hours, just having that one visualization in their mind for like an hour at a time, slowly revolving. And then maybe after an hour, they would have the Buddha rotate the other way. And that was like all, all that was in their visioning, all that they were thinking about, they were just focused on that one thing and so afterwards the gentlemen were explaining this and they had a a translator and also that we could ask questions and, and I said so how long have you been doing that visualization I mean they were describing it and I'm, I'm sitting like out in the audience like you are and I'm like for like not even half a second do I have the Buddha carefully turning in front of me right but the monk said he had been doing it for 25 years spending two hours a day disciplining his mind in those kinds of exercises. Well now, I'm not expecting you to spend the next 25 years of your life visualizing, or wait a minute, or am I? (laughs) What I'd like to suggest is, it's time to start anyway. It's time to start directing your thoughts. I think this takes maybe three avenues, and I want to talk about them briefly today. One is to stopping the thoughts that are not useful to you. Because we do notice, I'm sure you've noticed, you're hoping for a certain outcome. Let's say you're going for an amazing job interview and you know that you have the qualifications, you know you're set up for this, you have a good deal of confidence about your skills and you went out and bought a new suit too so you're looking pretty fine and then you're driving in the car and what kind of thoughts go for your head? Oh, they're going to hate me. They're absolutely going to hate me. I'm too tall, I didn't go to the right college. Aren't those the thoughts that are apt to come into your head? Well, first of all, those kinds of things, we just got to stop them. We got to notice them, and we got to stop them. So when you have this vision of how you want your life to be, how you want a relationship to be, how you want a job to be, how you want your home to be, and thoughts cross your mind that contradict it or fly in the face of it, You need to stand up tall in your own head and say, enough, enough. This is not solving anything. It's actually diminishing, right? What you're doing is actually diminishing your own confidence. Your own spiritual confidence is being taken away from. You're basically saying, I do not have dominion, I do not have the power of my own thinking, and I'm just going to leave it up to the world to do unto me how it feels like it. Well, that's just crazy. So we begin today. Some of us already have some practice doing this. Some of us less practice doing this. Interrupt our negative thinking. Now that requires two steps. One, you got to (laughs) notice. And I'm going to wade right into our homework for this week. That's the noticing. Your homework for this week is when you run up against a situation where you're feeling uncomfortable, something's going wrong, something is happening that you don't like, what are you thinking about it? Okay? And that's, that's the extent of your homework, is just awareness. Because you have to be aware of what's going on in your mind before you can change it. And I think a great place is by noticing when things are going wrong because that's typically when we have negative thoughts going with it, right? We're thinking, that S.O.B., how dare she, blah, 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 blah. Or we're thinking, this stupid job, I'm so mad I could just dot, dot, dot. Or we're thinking, that, that's so-and-so that cut me off, on the fr-, right? It's like those are the times when our minds typically are going crazy And we're actually thinking about what we don't want to have happen anymore rather than what we would like to have happen. So first we interrupt the negative thinking. And then, when possible, let us replace it with something more positive. Let us replace it with something that is also true, but something more positive. So if you're having a bad day at work, instead of the thoughts of this is a horrible job, my boss is a creep, I can't believe I took this infuriating work. So rather than that train of thought, you say stop and enumerate in your own mind all of the positive things about that job. This job has allowed me to go back to school. This job is creating an environment where my skills are well used, or or whatever it is. Because again, if you think about it, it's the 1% that's negative that we tend to fixate on. Underneath that is probably 99% of the things that are okay. So let us play up the things that are okay. We'll stop the negative things, increase the recognition of things that are going well. Because you want more of the things that are going well. One other thing that I really have to talk about. Have you ever had someone just tell you, oh, just change your attitude? And didn't that just kind of piss you off? (laughs) I, I mean, it's not really very helpful. It's not really very helpful just to say, what you're thinking is stupid. Think of something better. Because often we haven't even experienced the best yet. In fact, I would hope that everyone here hasn't experienced the best yet. And so when we're trying to think about how to change our thinking for something that's better, it's okay if you don't actually know the what's better yet, because we can also work on that. Oftentimes, we haven't experienced the best relationship. Oftentimes, we don't have a good idea of what a job that would really suit us is like, but we can do research. (laughs) You know people who have fabulous relationships. Have you ever thought of interviewing them? You know people that are completely in sync and loving their jobs. Have you thought of talking with them about the characteristics of that job, the reason that they actually fit in so well and feel tuned in and with it? You see, we don't have to know the answer. We can begin researching what that better life is like. Maybe it'll be something you have never even thought of before that you can build into that mental image, that mental equivalent of how life can be. Every now and then I'll talk to someone and they'll say, oh, life is just fine. I don't need to make any changes in it. And of course, that gets my head spinning. (laughs) I'm like, really? So you're in the best relationship you could imagine? Well, pretty much. And I'm like, pretty much. <laughs> Tell me more, right? There are always ways in our lives for improvement. So often, we just haven't gone far enough yet in our, in our understanding, in our creativity, in our mental research to see what it is. And then once we have that avenue, we begin building our confidence around orienting our thoughts Towards it to be in alignment with it and that leads me into today's really terrible joke (laughs) So there was once a fellow who had a very important business presentation to make at work But traffic was so backed up. He was sure he was going to be late He finally pulled up to the office, but couldn't find a spot to park his car in desperation he began to pray to God Oh, God, I know the perfect parking place is mine right now. It's in a convenient location, allowing me instant access to the building. Well, just as he finishes his prayer, a car pulls out, leaving a spot right next to the front door. He raises his head to God. Never mind, found one. (laughs) And you know what? that's where most of us are (laughs) most of us think that the good that comes to us is from random chance i want to dispel that myth the good that is present in your life you have brought to you in every single case the friends that you have you brought to you The people who love you, you have brought to you. The jobs that you enjoy, you have brought to you. Everything in the external world that is pleasing to you is not there by chance. It's not there through good fortune or the luck of the draw. or I don't know. There are other even crazier constructs and ideas around that. You have drawn all of the good to you in your life that you have ever experienced. And you haven't even really noticed that, have you? You see, this should be building our faith. This should be recognizing that my powerful thoughts have created my powerful world. All of us are amazing manifestors. All of us have the capability of creating a world not only to our liking, but a world on high, a world elevated to solve amazing issues and problems that face the world today. It only requires our consistency of thought. It only requires our true belief in our own abilities to co-create with Spirit. You have co-created with Spirit every good thing in your life, and it isn't stopping today. With your faith, you can move mountains. With your thoughts... In alignments with your dreams, they're not dreams anymore. They are your reality. All right, I'm going to summarize. We're going to talk very briefly again about your homework. I'm going to do a reading and a prayer. So summary time. Our thoughts do become things, and so therefore if we want to see different things in the world, we need to start tinkering with our thoughts. Although we're not used to it, although we never had a class in it, we do have the power over time to begin directing our thoughts in more powerful ways. The first few times we try it, it'll feel weird, and you'll wonder, what the heck am I doing? But with practice, you'll begin to dispel the negative thoughts that no longer serve you. You'll begin to replace them with positive, more useful ways of dealing with yourself and others in the world. And you'll even begin to creatively think of new avenues that you've never thought of before, new ways of being, new jobs, new relationships, new ways of being in the world that will truly astound you. This is the power of your thinking when you begin filtering it a bit. Leads to the homework, it's to put that filter in. I want you to begin noticing more often what you're thinking. And a great place to start is where things feel uncomfortable or where things have gone wrong. So that can be kind of your notification. Someone just cut me off on the freeway. What am I thinking? I just had kind of a blow up with one of my coworkers. What am I thinking about that? Just notice what you're thinking, and then is what you're thinking ultimately useful or not? Or might you want to change it up for something else? All right, a quick uh, quote from Ernest Holmes as he closes out this fourth chapter in the Science of Mind textbook and a prayer. He says, The one who wishes scientifically to work out our problems must daily take time to meditate and mentally treat those conditions, no matter what the apparent contradiction may be. He or she is working silently within spiritual law, and this law will find an outlet through our faith in it. This law is the law which puts all act into action. It is the invisible actor working through us all to will and to do, And as a result of our right thinking, it makes possible concrete manifestation. Our word is a spiritual entity working through the law of mind. It's an actual force now consciously directed. Therefore, it will produce results. Let us pray. There's one power, one presence, one life, one consciousness, only this one thing only this one spirit and what i know about it is that it's everywhere present it's all powerful it is all wise and and i am a part of it god's love is my love to to feel and to share god's power is mine to direct and control god's joy is the effervescence of my own life and the the beauty and the health the peace All that is in God is is also for me to share in because God is eminently present in all. And as it is true for me, I know without question it is true for everyone here. Everyone can use that divine creative process. Everyone can begin aligning their thoughts and beliefs with their desires in the world. And when we accomplish this, the world improves. We go from the inner thought to the outer manifestation of life and it can and will be magnificent. And so for this, I give great thanks. For this, I recognize in myself that co-creator, that creation both of spirit and with spirit creating my view of the universe. I let it be and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today.